Sunday morning I preached on Ephesians 5 and 33 and talked about, nevertheless, that every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and, and spoke on love. Amen. And tonight I want to do the last half of that and I'll preach a message titled Three Ways for You to Respect Your Husband. Amen. So it sounds like I'm preaching to the women. Amen. Unless there's a couple husbands in here with husbands, but we don't do that. Uh, so I'm preaching to women, but it applies to everybody. <laughs> and I don't know why I'm in this kind of mood, man. I think I accidentally took too much of my medication or something. But Ephesians 5 and 33 says this. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself and the wife see that she reverence her husband. So we've, had, we, we've done a whole series, and we had one mixed in called The Marriage Matters. Not too long ago, I did the Home Improvement Series, and we did these Marriage Matters ones. I, I did them eight years ago, and a whole different crowd, and I wanted to redo them, so I redid them, changed them up, and did a bunch of stuff with them. And then I did the Marriage Matters ones, and I went and looked, and it just so happened this is the only one that I had not recrafted and rewrote and, and redone for where I'm at now and preached it. So that's what we're preaching tonight, and there's been a lot of practical advice to all these. All right, we expository went through Scripture. We've just done a bunch of that, and I've talked about loving our wives and all that type of stuff. And uh, no matter where we're at in marriage, we need to grow, right? So I'm kind of preparing 
Uh, we've been invited to our first marriage conference uh, in Indiana, and I want y'all to come too. What's the date, honey? Uh, I want as many of you couples that want to come. It's a five-hour drive. We can take the van. Uh, the church will pay. I just thought of that. Church will pay for the motels. Won't be more than four or five hours. I don't see more than three, four, or five couples going. But uh, he's blocking us off. Some uh, he's got one of them Hilton cars where he gets a great rate, around hundred bucks price. And he's blocking off some rooms, and the church will pay for it. But if, if you want to throw in on it and take care of your own room, that's fine too. But I want you all to go. There's two or three churches. When he announced it, uh, two or three churches got involved up there in Indiana. And uh, so it's going to be a good time. And we're going to do this marriage conference. And I don't know what's going to happen. Amen. Brother Randy said the Lord put us on his heart. And I said, that's pretty good because we got a perfect marriage. Amen. And. Uh, <laughs> I get y'all to laugh a little bit. But all of us probably need to do better in our homes. Right. All of us need to do better. No matter how great of a man or how great of a woman you are or you got, we can get stronger. Right. Now, I'd assume to say most people know that their marriage could do better. Amen. Right. And I ain't here to beat you down about that. That's common. That's normal. Amen. You're just normal. Uh, if you fight with the people you live with, you're just normal. Say amen right there. Yeah. But there's a way not to, honestly. There is. There is a way not to. Some of the stuff I'm going to put in marriage conference. Every fight I said the other day is backed up by pride or selfishness. It is. And, and if you can subdue your flesh, I'm, I'm giving my material away from that conference. Uh, David behaved himself four times over in Samuel when Saul was after him. He behaved himself. That means he was thinking clearly and doing logical things and doing the right things to take care of every element of his life, physically, mentally, spiritually, everything. He was behaving himself. And Saul looked at him in fear, it says in the Bible, but that fear is an awestruck fear. Saul looked at him in awe, saying, man, this dude has got it together. This dude's got things under control. And it's all about subduing our flesh and subduing who we are. As a man, sometimes you just got to say, I'm right, but I'm going to make sure she thinks she's right because i got to love her. She needs to feel loved, so that's what I'm going to do. Amen. And as a woman, sometimes you're going to know you're right and you've got the right idea, but he's trying to lead and you're supposed to reverence him. You're just going to shut up and not say a word. See how that works? Y'all didn't hear no amen right there. That, that reverence and love, and that's what we're going to get into in a minute. And, and, and God created this institution of marriage or the family and then he created the church. So the easiest way for, the, for Satan to tear up the church, which is what he really hates, what he's really against, is to tear up your family. So he wants to destroy your family, amen, and that's his goal. And the church is where marriages, uh, uh, the, if you've got a church where many of the marriages are being run improperly and they're out of balance, the church is going to be weak. And, and my goal is to have a strong church, and I'm learning as a pastor, so what you do is you micromanage. You talk to the, you get the people right, and it'll make the church right, Amen. You can't just go trying to build a church and bring a bunch of Yahoo idiots in here, amen, that ain't none of them got the right family, ain't none of them living right, ain't nothing. You know what that is? That's a dead animal laying on the road. That's not growth. That's swelling. You know what happens when a dead animal swells? All of a sudden it explodes and it stinks real bad, amen. That's not what we want. So we covered sins to get out of the marriage. I'll give you a little review. Selfishness, pride, coveting, unforgiveness, and anger. We preached a whole message on that. Then we did the do's and don'ts of fighting the marriage. Don't call names. Don't fight conflict zones like on a text message or while you're driving down the road. Don't talk about divorce. Never bring it up. Never say it. Don't go to bed mad. The Bible clearly says that. 
that means you don't do the self-treatment for more than a couple hours, amen, because you've got to fix it before you go to bed. That's what the Bible says. Don't bring up the past. Don't dump your truck and tell them everything that you know they did 17 years ago. Do listen to what they say. Listen to their wants. Listen to their cares. Own your faults. Apologize when you messed up and validate their feelings, amen. Then we went through four things that secret to destroy your marriage. Contempt. That's really tonight. Contempt is disrespect. When you're in contempt, amen, of the court, you're disrespecting the court, they're getting ready to throw you out. And when you're in contempt in your marriage, somebody's being disrespected. And that is really bad. We're going to find out tonight. So four of the things you need to get out of marriage, contempt and rage, that's anger, uncontrolled, unfaithfulness, and making somebody last place, amen. Uh, most of the negative and practical stuff I did, amen. Uh, so then I talked about positive things. Then I talked about... The, the communication you ought to have at home. You ought to know your uh, spouse's salvation experience. You ought to have a conversation about salvation, know how they got saved, know where, know when, know what the Holy Ghost did in their heart, know how he convicted them, know all that stuff. You ought to have a conversation of what God teaches you in the Word of God. If you ain't reading the Word of God, guess what? You can't even have that conversation. But you ought to talk about the Word of God to your spouse, amen. You ought to have a conversation on prayers that God's answered. Your family, you both ought to be praying for your children, doing things. And then when your child does it, because we, we've seen a bunch of them, Carla, we'll pray for things that happen. They'll happen. We, we need to talk about it. Man, that was amazing how that happened. And I think we ought to tell our kids, too, and tell them how amazing it is. We have, we've had some recently that was just mind-blowing, and it just gives you so much faith to believe God. Yeah. And then you ought to have a conversation on things you're asking God to do. And then the last one we covered for commitments, amen. Number one, to follow God's instructions. Live by the book. Do what it says. That's a big thing tonight. If you live by this book and do what I say tonight, it'll change everything in your home. Commitment to an unbreakable union. Go ahead and decide that you ain't getting rid of me and I ain't getting rid of you. Amen. It ain't going to happen. Hey, you, you stuck, woman. Till death. You better kill me. Amen. All right. Commitment to 100%, 100% marriage. What that means is both sides put in 100%. Amen. Commitment to meet the partner's needs. Love and respect. That's tonight. Meet their needs. You've got to meet the needs. You've got to meet this needs. There's many needs that are probably in a marriage, right? We believe that. And if one partner isn't meeting those needs, people begin to seek. Something, they seek something, drugs, addiction, different things, or they seek someone to meet those needs. It's real, and it's in the church. Physical, emotional, spiritual Needs need to be met. But notice the basic need in the verse that I ran read tonight. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife, even as himself. That woman needs the love. And the wife see that she reverence her husband. He needs to be reverenced. You can pull up and look at Strong's and see how it's give him glory. Amen, be in awe of him, uh, different things like that. But literally, it's respect. Women need to hear that, that they're loved, right? They need that reassurance to feel it. She needs a dinner date. She needs some roses, whatever floats her boat, amen? Uh, you got to say, I love you. You got to do chick flicks. You got to hold hands, amen? You can't say, that's just not me. You're putting your marriage in grave danger, by saying, that's not me. I don't hold hands. You better grab it. You better do something, amen. They need to know that you've got that sacrificial love I preached on. Sanctify and separate. 
But that woman, what the woman needs, and that is what your command do, but the, the man's completely different, right? Now, I don't think the Bible specifically calls for a woman to love a man. I mean, I know you love your Christian brother and all that somewhere, and you might be able to find it, but in that verse, it says that we love her. It don't say nothing about her loving us. But what it says about her is that she is to reverence us. That's the command. Men need to be respected. Men need to know that that wife really respects them and their authority that God gave them in a marriage and in a home. With that said, that's what I want to preach on for a couple minutes, and it's the woman's respect for the husband. Some of you men, I'm preaching all of you, some of you men make it real hard for her to respect you. Amen. It, it both needs to be there, but it's not uh, indicative of the other in a sense. It's not. It, it don't have to be there. You're still supposed to love her even if she don't respect you, and you're still supposed to respect him even if, if, if he ain't loving you. And uh, yeah. you won't get mad at me. Uh, I done picked on the men last week, so I know it seems like I'm picking on women. You're not allowed to get mad, ladies. Claim I'm sexist and chauvinistic. It's in the Bible. It's right there, y'all. I have to be fair. And verse 33 gives a basic human need. God put it down. He put it inside of a woman to have that desire to be loved. And then when, when we fail, he told that woman, you're going to be in subjection to him. He put it in us to need that respect, men. And if a man don't feel respected by his wife, it'll wreak havoc in the marriage. Amen. And it's a vicious circle or a beautiful cycle. You love her to death and she starts to respect you. What a beautiful cycle. What a beautiful cycle of biblical submission and love to where the family, Amen. she ain't mad about what you want to do and she loves to follow you because you love her. What a beautiful cycle. But when you ain't showing the love correctly and then she's not respecting you, fighting you, calling you names, spitting in your face, all that stuff, and then you don't love her, what a vicious cycle we're yeah. in. Amen. It's out of whack, man. If both of us all command, tremendous message. Whatever you do it, you're out of whack. You want to have a wonderful marriage that some of you girls probably dreamed of. I've watched my daughter dream of mar getting married and having kids since, I don't even know, probably back in them Disney years. I mean, for years. That's her dream. It's not to be famous. It's not to uh, sing with Carrie Underwood. Amen. I don't even know why I thought of that. It's not to <laughs> sing secular garbage. It's not to make a bunch of money. I, don't even, I would not want if she's in a Walmart, y'all. And I walked into her, I would not have any clue she did. And, uh, but that's been her dream. I mean, really, she wants to be in the ministry. That's a dream of hers. She's wanted to raise a family. And she thinks it's all roses and pancakes. I mean, for real. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing in the world? With, you know, with syrup and spaghetti noodles and everything. But, it's really easy for the marriage to get out of whack and to have a lot of problems. Yeah. And it's really easy to say you love somebody and all that when you first met them and all that, but when, it, when the rubber really hits the road, you're going to find the basic needs of that man is to be respected and of that woman is to be loved. So I'm halfway done. Three points. I'm going to point out three ways you ladies can meet this need of his that God gave him. 
and show him how much you truly respect him. All right? Number one, you need to respect his leadership. Ephesians 5 and 22, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, just like you would to God himself if he's standing there. Submit yourself unto your husbands. Pretty strong verse. Pretty strong. For the husband is the head of the wife. That's not a domineering head, but that's a head that takes care of, loves, and leads, even as Christ is the head of the church. Verse 24, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything, subject to them. This may be the biggest problem that we have in any institution there is, and that is submitting to leadership. No matter what, nothing ever works when there's a power struggle at the top. We know that, right? Amen. A business does not have two CEOs. There's one dude. He's got a CFO, financial officer underneath him, and a COO, operating officer underneath him. That executive officer is number one. Too many chiefs, not enough Indians is what they say. And you probably ain't allowed to say that no more. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your workplace will never be efficient. If there's a battle at the top, the church will be destroyed when there's a deacon board or a finance committee fighting a pastor on everything. I promise you. Yeah. Seen it over and over. And a marriage will only suffer when the man's not allowed to leave. Right. Anything, my pastor used to say, with two heads is a monster. Why would we have monster marriages in the church house? Worst thing you can do for your family is to have a power struggle at the top. Now, sir, if your marriage has been run in a totally unbiblical fashion for years, listen to me, you're supposed to lead that thing in every essence. I'll talk about it in a minute. You're supposed to lead that thing, but if you've done it unbiblical for years, I am not giving you a recommendation to go home, say, all right, woman, you heard the preacher, respect me. Probably ain't going to work, amen. I'm running the show now, dear. You heard the preacher. Probably ain't going to work. You're going to tear it up even worse. Now, biblically, that would be right if an unsubmissive, disrespectful wife heard the message tonight. Let the word of God penetrate their heart and the spirit of God deal with them about the truth of the word of God and they obey the spirit of God and get filled with the Spirit of God, she would go home and apologize for any disrespecting she's done to him, especially in front of the kids or anybody else, and for correcting or bossing him in public or whatever it may be. She would repent of controlling you or anything that she knows she's doing to dominate or run things in your life and doing it on purpose, like hiding finances and all that type of stuff. I ain't going to get... Too much in your lap tonight. I may mention a couple things. She'd repent of controlling those finances uh, by force. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Sometimes a man says, here, go ahead, and that's fine. But I'm talking about by force, that extracurricular time, that free time, that decision that does not allow you, sir, to have a say in it. She'd come home and she'd repent of any behavior that usurps the authority of the leader of the home in any way, amen? And uh, But more than likely, that's not going to happen, men, okay? 
More than likely, I mean, we do not, this isn't Aladdin, amen. We don't have, this isn't genie in the bottle, Brother Blake. You're not just going to rub that, that bottle and say, Lord, give me a totally biblical, submissive wife. That submits in all things, as the verse says, and she honors and reverences me at all times. Y'all probably wouldn't recognize each other if that happened. Man, you ain't helped me at all. And probably you, sir, would be like, Elizabeth, this is the one. <laughs> You'd have a heart attack. Am I right? Sanford son, come on, y'all. <laughs> what you need to do, sir, is you need to pray and beg God to deal with her heart. Help you spiritually lead her to where she needs to be. Get her in the Bible. Let the Holy Ghost of God speak to her heart. And you better fulfill your love requirement. You want a submissive wife? You want a respectful wife? You better feel that love. What that means is you ain't going to yell at her first in the fight. In the disagreement, you're not going to act like a little baby and react in anger and have all the problems. And I do it sometimes. Listen, I'm just telling you. You're not going to react like that and cause the disrespect. Amen. And although biblically that's not a requirement for her to reverence you, it's pretty intelligent. You can't argue the fact that the Bible gives the leader in the family and a great way for you to meet the need of respect for him is to let him lead, ma'am. When I say let him lead, I don't mean let him dominate. I don't say let him be a dictator and run over you and rule you and hurt you. But the fact of the matter is he's going to be judged on the decisions made by your family. If y'all believe that, say man. Right. He's going to be held accountable for where he leads that family. And as the head of that family, he's there to lead, guide, and protect. And he has taken the burden off of your plate. And it was put on him, amen. And the responsibility is his. And it's a responsibility that I think we ought not take lightly, men. Right. I believe the man will answer for every bit of it. And we ought to care everything that happens in our home. It ought to be the, of utmost importance. So often there's a fight in the home about the kids or what they do or how they dress or where they're allowed to go and all that stuff. And I know how it works. There's often time a lenient parent or somebody, one may be closer to God, the other ain't. One's got influential friends in their life. One's looking at the world and, and, and one of them's trying to follow. Maybe, maybe he's trying to follow the preacher and the teaching that he gives in the Word of God and maybe how he raises his kids and how he does different things. And the others continue to follow the Word world standards and look at that friend at home and look at their friends at school and do all that stuff and mimic television and mimic friends and, and listen sir you're going to answer for that right. I think it's a fight worth having I think it's something we ought to stand up for and ma'am since he's going to answer for it why don't you let him leave once you know Look, once he knows that you respect him and you trust his judgment, you'll have more power and influence than you do trying to fight him over everything. Because his needs will be met and he'll want to meet your needs. Don't make the decisions and the, when he does something that ain't perfect, you cannot throw things in people's face. I told you so. I told you you should let me do that. I told you it's a bad decision. I can handle the money better. You know, you, you can just go cut the grass, leave the smart stuff to me. We grew up in the 80s, right? Al Bundy and Tim the Tool Man and Homer Simpson. and All of them got a stupid dad and a know-it-all mom. 
That's what we were trained. And just destroy. I mean, you're destroying any of the respect that existed in that marriage. And most of the time, by the way, most of the time, there's a lot of things that the, the lady really wants to run. And when they run them, they're taking on dominant characteristics, masculine characteristics. When a woman does things in a family and leaves things that the man really ought to be doing, you are taking on masculine characteristics. You think some of this stuff don't change the entire society when there's a hundred years of this stuff creeping in and changing things? It changed Rome. Go study the fall of Rome. By the end of it, half of them was gay and everything else. Same thing's happening in America. Yeah, men were effeminized. Same thing's happening in America, y'all. Same thing. When a man's leadership's not respected, you ain't meeting that God-given need. I understand you may be better at something than he is, but if you really loved him, honestly, if you really loved him, and you feared God, and you obeyed God's word, you'd let him lead and not say a word to hurt him. And I said it a minute ago, I won't say anything to hurt my wife, but in any marriage, there's things that the other person may do the other person may not like. I'm just going to tell you, I don't want to hurt my wife, so when, if she does do something I don't like, most of the time I don't need to say nothing. What's the point? Look at it. They say, do you want to die on this molehill or this mountain? You got a little molehill and something that don't even mean nothing? Be a man and let it go. Quit complaining. Quit hurting her. You're not showing her love. You get mad at her and you're rude and mean to her something little stupid that don't mean nothing to your family, nothing to your life. It don't make no sense, guys. Show him the respect, ma'am, and sir, you show him the love. Respect his leadership. Secondly, respect his provision. First Timothy 5 and 8 says this, but if any man provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Man, we ought to work. You ought not be lazy and let home, I'm just telling you. Right. You ought to be doing your best to work. You're an infidel. Right. Laziness is a sin, y'all. Yeah. I'm, I'm self-employed and sinful. I've battled them demons forever. I make sure I do 40 hours. If I ain't got stuff to do here, I'm studying my Bible. I told Tyler's an evangelist, you ain't got a meeting book. I want you downstairs studying, writing sermons. There's evangelists that only write one sermon every couple months or something crazy, ain't it? I mean, they only got seven in their whole repertoire. He's got 150, and he's only been on the road two years. But we'll get on that later. The, the verse goes so far to say that we're infidels if we don't provide. So for a man to provide for his wife, it's very important for him. You all understand that? It's important. I know there's, there's special circumstances where God calls and different things that God does. That, that, that's common. But we're in a day and age of two family incomes, are we not? I'm fine with it. I, y'all going to get real quiet here and y'all gonna, might think I'm crazy. I don't care. It's completely normal for a woman to work. It's not really what I'm talking about. But there's a cultural change that does cause issues in the area of respecting uh, someone for their provision when you're also providing. You see what I'm saying? The Bible's, the man's supposed to be respected for how he takes care of the family, but now we're in a society where 
he doesn't finance it. It's usually half and half. What's that doing to the character of men? What's that doing to the, to the real basis of the home? What the old timers believe, y'all? Old timers believe a woman stayed at home, did not take a place in the world for providing for the family. It was a masculine family. Go back 80 years, 70 years, and you was a masculine, butch woman if you was out there trying to work. Before the whole of the World War II, well, y'all, some of you guys know when it all started. Right? So did it change? A man needs to provide spiritually, protectively. Now, I don't want you women to go quit, quit your jobs. We need tithe money, y'all. <laughs> Amen! I'm just trying to preach a little bit, show you a little bit of stuff. Man needs to provide spiritually, protectively, stability-wise, financially. Man needs to be or at least feel that he is providing for that family. I know the devil's attacks when a man ain't making a whole lot of money. You understand that? When you go from making good money to, to a place where you're trying to be in the ministry and not making much, I know the attacks when everybody else is getting a Starbucks and all that stuff and you literally... I'm fine now and asking for no money. I ain't get, trying to get all free unless y'all want to write the $1,000 check to Jason Sparks ministry. But I'm just saying, I'm teasing y'all. I know what it's like. To, and, and I know how Satan will say, you can't even provide for your family. You can't even take them on that vacation. Look at you. What you doing? And that man's got to feel. What makes it worse is when that woman's making him feel like he's not a provider. If you continually let him know that his shortcomings, you're messing him up. Right. When a woman's not content with what that man provides, it wreaks havoc in that home and that marriage. Philippians 4 and 11, Now that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Right. Whether abased or whether whatever he said is uh, low or high, wherever I be. I'm going to be happy because I'm saved. That's what we all ought to be in our homes, right? You know how hard it is to be content with very little? Some of you know. When you're inundated with covetous material constantly everywhere you look. I heard a preacher. I was listening to a preacher today. And he said, I can't remember if it was Charles Lawson or if it was Andy Wells that said it. One of them. I listened to several messages going to Huntington this morning. And one of them said, if you think about it, the television, the television is designed to create such a covetousness in our hearts and in our life. Does it not? I mean, I agree. Every commercial is to get you to want some, right? Every happy family and sitcom where everything's great and funny creates you to covet for that same type of family. The rich women spending all their husband's money on, on all the housewife series, what's that do? Makes you want to spend some money. Amen? Makes you covet. Social media making you covet the flowers that somebody else got on Valentine's Day and you didn't get. Amen? Making you covet the post that they got because their husband must have loved them enough to type up a big post, amen, and you don't even know what's going on behind their doors, but it hurts you inside because you're sitting there thinking, well, why didn't he make me one? And it makes you covet what somebody else has got and that is sin tonight. Brothers and sisters, we are filled with covetousness. There's some of us probably can't afford to go to Starbucks every single time we go to Charleston, amen? Some of us probably, uh, uh, I mean, we, we must be content with what that man's providing for that family. Finance is a big deal. The last survey I read was that finance is one of the top five reasons for divorce. 
And I'd venture to say it's probably not a stat because there was an excess of money. Although it, it could be fighting over where to spend it. And you, oftentimes you've got a spender and a saver in a marriage. It happens all the time. Or uh, it's probably because there ain't a whole lot of money to go around. And you've got to figure out what's important to put it on. Amen. And a lot of times there's somebody more responsible and there's somebody that ain't. And your husband, may, you may not have the income to have what everybody else at church has got. Amen? Not that I speak in respect of want, for I've learned in whatsoever state I'm in, there would to be content. I'm not telling you to quit shopping or anything like that. Maybe he's the one that keeps going to Cabela's and blowing all that money. I don't know. I'm just telling you, you're going to break your man's heart when you truly make him feel so little that he can't provide for your family. If, if he's any kind of man at all, it'll destroy him. For him to go to work, especially, if he ain't lazy, if he ain't the infidel, for him to go to work and work all day and work hard to provide for his family and then come home and have to fight about not having enough money to do what you want. Deep down in his heart, he may say he's going to get this done, do this, and scratch and everything, but deep down in his heart, he knows that he has no real ability to make any more money. He's doing all he can. No way to get that better job. No way to work longer hours. And he feels like a total failure because you won't give him that respect. Amen. A man needs to provide. I said to me, go spiritually, protectively, stability, and financially. What about spiritually? Maybe you got a better understanding of the Bible, ma'am, but don't undermine him. And definitely never correct him and undermine him on the Bible in front of the kids. Maybe you've been a spiritual leader in that home, ma'am, but you better encourage and allow him to lead. And men, if you ain't being that spiritual leader in the home, let me say this. Stop being effeminate. If you ain't that spiritual leader in the home and you're letting the wife do it, stop being effeminate. To me, that's what it is. When your wife's the one that's the picture, your wife's supposed to picture the Holy Ghost, the comfort. And you're supposed to picture God the Father in that home. And when you allow her to be the spiritual leader, she makes all spiritual decisions, she's doing all that. You're allowing her to be God the Father. You're, messing, you're mixing it all up. That wasn't very nice, I'm sorry. Proactively. Don't make him feel like a wimp, or protectively, sorry. Don't make him feel like a wimp, ma'am. Never make him feel inferior to some other man. Carla says, I'm the buffest dude and the toughest guy on the planet. <laughs> she might be right. <laughs> Let him know that you feel safe in his arms. And you love him and you're protected by him. When a man's not respected as a provider, his God-given need is not met. Look at our society. Look at our society. Look at primitive society. Now, you might be able to go find some study and try and prove me wrong. Look at our, I'm sure there's some messed up tribes out there in the middle of Africa somewhere. But if you look at primitive societies, from what I've read, they have a low rate of divorce and a low rate of homosexuality. Now, look at our society. Is it over 50%? Over 50%. And you know what's happening on the other front. The man has been stripped of his ability to provide because of our society and how we live. 
the man's literally been stripped of his ability to provide financially because we want more money. Most time it, it seems like the woman's the spiritual leader in the home and controls the spiritual things. Women are being pushed to be equal in all things to men. Transgender sports and all that garbage. And what is it? It's the feminization of men in our American society. Amen. I had something I wanted to say, and I feel like I done missed it. I'll find it here in a minute. I said on my Facebook post, I said, I'm going to give a quote that y'all can do a meme, and the thunder will roll behind me, and I can lift my hands and do all that stuff. And I'm not rebuking you for the way you live, Okay? I know some of you work and all that stuff. Don't, don't go out of here saying, preacher said, I'm a sinner for having a job and all that. I'm just trying to show you some things in the Bible about respect. I'm not rebuking nobody, but as for me and my house, you know what? I'm 100% agreed that a man ought to be a man. And a man ought to provide all that a family has. And I got no problem with a woman staying at home, raising children, homeschooling their kids, teaching them Bible cleaning the house, doing laundry, and all those other very important tasks that come with it. And if she wants to be barefoot and pregnant, that's fine too. And that's exactly what my family does and what I'm teaching my daughter. To raise a family and serve God. I don't want her in a competitive workforce with a bunch of lost people adapting to masculine tendencies and traits and uh, just to make a buck, all this type of stuff. I I agree with a man being the spiritual leader of the home and making all the pertinent spiritual decisions like where to go to church and when to leave the church. There's special circumstances, but let me just say this. If you left the church simply because your wife had an issue, as a, as a spiritual leader, sir, you condoned her sin, amen, and probably fouled up the children in the process. And you better step up, sir, and be that spiritual leader. You lead the prayer. You read the Bible. You guide the family to the promised land of the spiritual family. I 100% agree with a man being the head of the family and his and the head of his children, honestly, until they're passed off in their hand in marriage, just like the Bible says. I agree with a man being a real man. I agree with toxic masculinity, I guess. I ain't never looked it up, but it just sounds cool. <laughs> Leading the home and providing everything they need and being reverenced while he does it. And if that makes you mad, you really ain't Bible. We live in a country. Listen, I got good family, double income, all that. That's fine. I'm just giving you some thoughts. I'm, I'm telling you what's happened to our society. We're in a society where you got a bunch of men running around with sugar in their britches and a bunch of domineering bullish women everywhere. Everywhere. Amen. You're in a country town in Ripley, and you can't go to Walmart without seeing a weirdo. Put that on Facebook. You can't go to Walmart without seeing a weirdo. Somebody that's all messed up on who they are and, and what they were born as and everything else. Right. Respect his provision, respect his leadership, respect his reputation. I'm almost done. A virtuous woman, Proverbs 12 and 4, is a crown to her husband, but she that maketh ashamed is as rottenness in his bones. Mm -hmm. So what's that mean? You, you, you're making him ashamed because you're embarrassing him and you're destroying his reputation whether it's to his face or behind his back. The quickest and easiest way for you to let somebody know you don't have any respect for him 
is to run your mouth, talk about them or talk about them, them to the to, in front of other people. You should never say anything negative about your husband. And I got a whole bunch of stuff here, and we're going late. I ain't gonna read it. Venting is wrong. You've been told by science and everything that venting gets it off your chest and it helps. Special circumstances of, you know, suppressed things and all that. But venting over an argument is wrong. There's no reason really to call mom and dad about that sometimes. Maybe, I mean, something might be really bad. You need to do that. But there's really no reason. Vent and talk about your rehashing. You're bringing it all back up. You're, 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 it, it, psychology. I can give you the sources after Greater Good Magazine and Science. Uh, based insight publications says negative emotions uh, letting them out may feel good in the moment science suggests it might make matters worse in the long run we have not never talk about nobody in our family that we love ma'am you're supposed to teach those kids to respect them you cannot let them hear y'all talking about each other or argue I promise you I got all kinds of verse here on that don't be dumb enough to believe Oprah Winfrey and these psychologists say it's good to fight. It's good to fight if you learn each other. It's healthy for the marriage. The Bible says, let no corrupt communication be out of your mouth, that which is good to use to edify. That is to minister grace unto the hear. Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereby ye are sealed to the day of God. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and seek be put away from you with all mouth. Be ye kind one to another, tender heart, forgiving one another. Oh, but it also says a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. The tongue is wise, uses knowledge of right, but the mouth of fools. Uh, pour without foolishness. Oh, but it also says, do all things without murmuring and disputing, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God. Amen. There's too many verses that say, you ought not fight. Right. I've seen women, and I, I've seen them in churches bullying their husbands. Get that, get the kids, and come on. No, it's over there. Just grab it. Front of everybody. Front of everybody. That's crazy. That's wild, y'all. I, I can't imagine. Everybody gets in the car. Y'all understand that, right? Everybody gets in the car and says, Good grief. I can't believe she's like that. Am I right? Say amen. All of you's got in the car after you've seen it. Said, What in the world? That family's out of kilter. His reputation's being destroyed. Two basic needs, y'all. Love and respect. When those ain't met, you'll destroy the marriage. I want to meet the needs of my wife right there. So I want her to feel loved. And she ought to want to meet my needs and want me to feel respected. That ought to change every element of your fights you keep having in home. Childish people, when they start to fight, they don't have no control. There's no logic. They react in anger. They yell. They call names. They do all that stuff. I've done it before. I'm childish, too. I'm not at y'all. I'm, I'm just saying. It's truth. You know it. You're being childish. You act like a little child. I've done it. Throwing stuff. And afterwards, you feel it. You ought to. It's got the Holy Ghost in you. You feel the shame. Amen. I want my marriage to last forever. Lord, come play something. I'm going to read a story to y'all. Try to repair what I did there in point two, talking about having a job. Does that really shut all y'all up? I'm fine with you ladies working. Just give 15%. 
Yeah, that's the new, new. Uh... <laughs> a man who on the job is competent in accomplishing his assignments and is polite and courteous and appreciative of help of others, right? That's what most men at work do. You don't go to work and be a jerk, right? Most people. He'll find a woman, especially if she works with him, respecting him. The CEO carried himself, being polite, not doing anything to get HR called on him, being polite, nice to everybody. Man, women will look at him, and, and, and because, and, you know, 50% of marriages break up in the workplace. It's another reason I don't want my wife to work, but we'll keep them. Them women will look at that man who's got all that, all that uh, politeness and all that stuff. And because the woman is meeting his needs with respect, he will be drawn to her. He'll start desiring to meet her needs. Soon, he will compare the respect of the woman on the job, because he's the boss, she's respected. He'll compare that respect of the woman on the job with his nagging wife at home. The woman at the office or in the plant does not know that he does not take out the garbage and he leaves his dirty socks and underwear on the bathroom floor. The woman on the job will not point out his failings, particularly if he's her boss and his wife does. The woman on the job is in danger also. She does not realize that this very competent, appreciative man at work has all the shortcomings of her own husband. And in a casual relationship at work or where, wherever it's at, these two people do not have unshared bills. They don't have sick children. They don't need a new washer. They don't need a second car. And without realizing it, soon they find themselves meeting each other's basic needs. This happens all the time, y'all. The man at work will be supplying the attention and kindness the woman needs. She will be giving the man the respect that he desires where the two people are meeting these very basic needs for love and respect that God gave us, the desire for a complete physical relationship becomes overpowering. Soon, there's another broken marriage. Just because, and it's all on false pretenses, y'all. He's just as much as slob as that one and disrespect with that one, uh, but there he, or unloving as that one, but he, in the workplace is acting different. That woman's looking at him, and, and, and the grass ain't greater on the other side of the fence, y'all. But that's what happens, and it becomes overpowering. The lust for a physical relationship, because the, the, the respect is happening, that man falls in love with her uh, intermittently or whatever, falls in lust, let's call it that. And that woman, because she feels loved by him, and uh, he's nice and sweet and all that stuff, she falls in lust. Got destroyed home. Can I tell y'all tonight? No, as long as I know there's some rough stuff in there. Man, you better love her with all your heart. You better let her know. Man, show him the respect as the leader of that home. And let him know that you're referencing him in all the ways that you can. That's how to have a good marriage, y'all. Right. You do all kinds of little things and all kinds of... But honestly, if you're fighting like cats and dogs who've got all these problems, I know them problems ain't going to disappear when you get home. If you go home, just say, look, the preacher's right. I love you. I'm tired of this. 
I don't want to live like this no more. I love you. I want to be a man to let you know I care about you. And man, if you'll just say, look, I'm sorry if I've been disrespectful when we fought. I'm sorry I truly honor you. And I love and I'm so thankful that God gave you to me. And I respect you and I revere you. And, and when you walk in, you're the man that I want. You're the man that I love. I promise you guys, the fights will get better. Fights will get better if you realize every time that a problem comes up, this is what I have to do. When I get mad about anything, I got to think, I love her. I love her. And we're one. If I do something, depending on what I do, it's hurting her and it's hurting me because I love her. And man, if you get into him and you think, I'm not going to disrespect him. I'm not going to yell at him. I'm not going to call him names. I'm just going to be calm. Say, honey, let's fix this. Honey, let's do this later. I'm going to do my best to show that respect. Do y'all not agree that our homes would be different. I know some of us probably got it pretty good, you know, don't fight much and all that. Sometimes they're silent. Sometimes it's silent. They're not saying much, but they're sitting there feeling unloved. Better make sure. Sometimes he's sitting there feeling like he's nothing and that you don't respect him and you don't you don't you don't trust in him for nothing. I don't know what you want to do tonight. I'm going to, uh, I don't know if she can even sing. I can go over here and help her. Did you come pray? pray.